Hello and welcome back or welcome to the As Per Request podcast. My name is Abby and I will be your host. This podcast features questions sent in anonymously from anyone about anything in answers to the best of my ability by me. I just want to start off by saying thank you guys. I appreciate all of your support. I appreciate all of you that are listening. And of course, I greatly appreciate the questions that I've been sent in as well. They're all great. They're all fantastic. But as always, I do need more. So if you are feeling inclined to send in your own anonymous question, you have a couple ways of doing that. You can send it in to the DMs on Instagram at as per request podcast. Or you can email, if that's easier for you, at asperrequestpodcast at gmail.com. And then lastly, there's this new feature available through Anchor, which is the software that I use to make this podcast, where you can actually send in a voice memo. And I think that would be really cool. Um, I'm hopeful that someone will do that. It'd be really interesting to have other people's voices in here, not just me talking the entire time. So I'm going to go ahead and link all of those in the podcast description, But then as for today, I do have three questions. They're all kind of in like the mental health realm, I would say, Um, asking about, you know, self-care, taking care of yourself, ending the cycle of anxiety, and is there a correlation between anxiety and regret? So some really interesting questions that I'm really looking forward to answering. I know last week on episode four, I did do um, a question about regret and how, how to get over it, or at least how to try your best to not let it affect you anymore. So if you are interested in hearing that question that's again in episode four and then as for today i am here in ohio and it is absolutely freezing it's negative four out right now with a wind chill of negative 35 we have really gusty winds i can like hear hear the wind blowing outside i don't know if you guys can hear it but i can um i am using a new mic this time i got a new one so you guys are gonna have to let me know if you think the sound quality on this episode is any better or worse compared to my first four episodes because i have to figure out which mic i want to return (laughs) i have until the 31st of january i bought them both through amazon so i've got some time but i do need to figure that out but yeah here we've got three inches of snow and it just keeps on coming so i guess you know it aligns well with the holidays you know, especially if you celebrate Christmas, that's literally the day after tomorrow. So Merry Christmas Eve, if that applies to you. But yeah, this is insane. I feel like I can't leave my apartment. <laughs> I feel like I'm trapped in here. I guess it'll give me more time to do more podcasts. That's the only upside of it. So, all right, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into these questions. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Question number one asks, how do you promote self-care? I think that's a really great question, and I also think that self-care is really important. I think that it's it's kind of a hot topic. Like, I'll definitely see, like, videos on it when I'm scrolling through social media. Like, you know, hot girl self-care tips, just <laughs> silly things like that. But I I truly do think self-care is really important because if you don't care for yourself first, how do you think you could care for others, right? They always say the way that you treat people is a reflection on how you feel and treat yourself. So I think that self-care is really important. And I think that trying to maintain self-care can be kind of hard sometimes. Some days harder than others. You might not really be feeling it. But one way to kind of go about it is like just find little like measurable goals that you think you can maintain so one thing that for example might be like maintaining a skincare routine 
And if you're someone that's never done a skincare routine, you don't need to make this goal like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a 10, 20 step routine. No, (laughs) that's going to be difficult and hard to maintain. Your body's not going to get used to putting that into your routine. It's not going to be easy to adapt to. And so with that, you're probably going to want to quit doing it. So maybe start with a two-step routine, right? You could just do your cleanser and your moisturizer, for example. Um, And find yourself doing that every single day because it only takes you, what, five, ten minutes, and it makes you feel so much better about yourself. And another thing is making your bed. I have kind of always been in the routine of making my bed, and I notice on the days that I don't, because there are some, nobody's perfect, right, myself included, Um, on the days that I don't, make my bed and I come back home to a messy bed, I'm just like, oh yeah, see, that's, that's why we do, we do make that. Um, and it just, again, helps you feel a little bit more put together and helps you just feel a little bit better about yourself and your environment. For me, my environment really like affects my emotions and my productivity and just the way I feel in general. So when I have like a clean and nice, you know, cozy environment like that, that's what works best for me. And again, All these self-care tips are different for everyone because self-care for one person is going to look entirely different for another person. Different things work for different people. But this question is asking, you know, how do you build and maintain a self-care routine? So again, just making those like simple self-improvements, things that you know you can reliably count on yourself to do. Maybe setting reminders at first on your phone or on your Google calendar or whatever, Um, but just taking care of yourself and trying to do what's best for your mental health. Another self-care thing, you know, would maybe be trying to stay off of social media. If you find that social media, um, is really kind of negatively affecting you, you can't, you're comparing yourself to others. It's not, it's not giving you any positives anymore. Maybe you can work on limiting your time. I mean, that's that's something you can do for yourself for self-care. But I think the biggest thing about it is just making these self-care goals small and easy to fit into your routine because otherwise you're going to end up not doing it because it's just too much of an extravagant event. It costs too much money. It takes too much effort. Just try starting with small things and I think that maybe journaling or documenting through this process would be really great as well because you can see how these little things are really affecting you because you can't do it all at once either. You know, it it would be nice to be like, okay, today I'm going to wake up at five in the morning and I'm going to go work out and then I'm going to stretch and then I'm going to make myself a smoothie and then I'm going to do my 20 step skincare routine and then I'm going to go to work and then when I get off, I'm going to go back to the gym for round two. You know, I'm going to come home and cook myself a really nice, healthy, expensive dinner like If that is far from your normal routine, which for most people, including myself, most days, that's not my routine, that's going to be hard to stick to. And when you're making these goals and you're not able to stick to them, that's just going to discourage yourself. You know, it's going to put a bad taste in your mouth. So start out with easy things and let your brain know that this is a positive process and and that it's possible to do. And you're going to want to start adding more things to your routine, to your self-care routine. And you're going to notice over time that it's actually really possible and maybe that it's helping you. And I think that documenting throughout that process as well, so you can look back and see what's really helped you and what's really not. So at the end of the day, you know what you need to prioritize. You might be like, for me, the thing that helps my whatever you're going through, um, whatever helps me the best, 
might be like yoga, right? So for me, I love doing like yoga and meditation, just taking at least like 10 minutes each day, rolling out my yoga mat, just maybe listening to some music, just something, you know, and on in the background and just doing my little yoga routine. And I think that that helps me a lot because I know that that's something that I can quickly do for my body that's going to help me in the long run. Um, and I, I genuinely notice the difference when I don't do it. Maybe not if I skip like one day, but if I skip several, I'll notice the following week like, wow, I am really, really sore and I should have done my yoga. So that's what I'm saying with just make these goals small enough, easy enough, and something you know that you can do. Start small and just build on it. But I think that self-care is super important and something that you need to look into trying to do because I think that everyone should take that time for themselves to better themselves for now and the future. I hope this helps. So this next question asks about how do you end the cycle of anxiety? And that's a hard one because I think anxiety affects everyone differently. Um, And there are some people where, you know, you could have some anxiety that, you know, maybe helps you function a little bit better. It's normal to have anxiety around certain things. Um, I think that there's this idea of like, oh, the world would be a better place if we if we weren't anxious at all. Well, I mean, maybe yes, maybe no, but it is natural to have some anxiety around certain things like testing, for example. It helps with better testing performance or um, I don't know. I mean, it's just normal to have these anxieties. It makes you a little bit more hyper aware, like maybe when you're going out and meeting someone for the first time. Like, it's normal to be anxious because your body is just trying to make sure that it's the most hyper vigilant self and hyper aware self so that you can watch out for danger and make sure to keep yourself safe. But sometimes our anxiety can roll over into just these day to day mundane tasks. And I think that's where, where it starts to get really annoying, honestly, where anxiety can be a little bit crippling even when it's affecting your day-to-day life. It's not just around these events where it's normal to have some anxiety. It's all day. It's constant. It's it's keeping you up at night. You aren't able to sleep because you're just up. You're anxious. You're worried. Um, So ending that cycle of anxiety, it's going to, again, look different for everyone, but some tips that I have is the biggest thing is kind of realizing your triggers. So what sets you off? And that can be, it can be people, it can be places, it can be things. So for example, maybe coffee or caffeine in general, maybe some people are really sensitive to caffeine. So if you're a coffee drinker, tea drinker, soda even, some chocolates and candies have caffeine in them. And if you notice that on the days where you have caffeine, you are a little bit more anxious or a little bit more jittery, maybe try substituting that or decreasing your caffeine intake. You don't have to necessarily go to zero. If you're someone that really likes your coffee, you could try decaf. You can do 50-50 mixture where you do half decaf, half regular coffee. Um, so, you know, you don't want to take away these like pleasures from yourself because you, you deserve to have those and your body and your mind appreciates it. But at the same time, maybe kind of figuring out a way to make it work a little bit better for you. Or if you're someone that like you get really, really anxious where you feel like you're running out of time, maybe try to get up a little bit earlier every morning, give yourself some more time in the morning. Or if you're not a morning person, prep a little bit more at night, make your lunch in the nighttime, set your outfit out, set set stuff out so you're ready to go in the morning. So just realizing what things trigger you, right? So if it's running short on time or drinking caffeine, or if it's certain people, unfortunately, you know, some of the 
the best people in our lives can also take out the worst in us, whether these are friends or family members. But if you've got someone in your life that makes you feel more anxious, um, which can be caused in many, many different ways, maybe you don't have that like trust within the relationship yet, or maybe that, you know, people, someone is overstepping boundaries that you have set out and you feel like, you feel like they just don't care. And that kind of creates some anxiety because then it's like, you know, do you speak up for yourself or do you just let someone walk all over you? So, you know, there are many, many things, many tasks that we're faced with every single day that will definitely cause our anxiety to heighten. So I think it's just important to realize what your triggers are. And kind of like what I said in the first question, another really big helpful thing is journaling. And you don't have to like get a journal and write out dear diary every single day. No, you can even do this on your phone. Do it on your calendar. Just maybe make a little block each day where you take five minutes, three minutes, one minute, and just write out how you're feeling. And in retrospect, like if you're doing it as an experiment, like let's say you're trying to cut out caffeine, maybe write at the beginning of this note, like, okay, today I did a 50-50 mixture where I did 50% regular coffee, and then 50% the decaf. And today I am feeling still anxious, you know, and you can rate it even on a scale, like eight out of 10 anxiety throughout my day. Um, And maybe just some other tidbits, like this is something that happened. This is something that created me a lot of anxiety, but documenting so that you can see your progress and actually make it attainable is really, really important. Because if you set out these goals, but or these goals are these desires, right, of I want to decrease my daily anxiety, but you aren't making any steps or efforts towards it, unfortunately, it's probably not going to change. It might not get worse, but it might not change. So it's really important that you take these steps to realize what your triggers are and see where maybe you can make some changes. Um, if you're having like an acute anxiety attack, you know, there's lots of different things you can do. They have like the five by five rule where it's like, you know, count five things you see, four things you can smell, three things you can touch. So it's just kind of doing these things to ground yourself. Some people really also like breath work. So taking in like a deep breath for seven seconds, holding it for six, blowing it out for eight. Um, So it's just whatever works best for you. But if you are feeling anxious and maybe distraction works for you, that works really well for some people. Maybe get on your phone, watch some videos, or do something that you know doesn't normally cause you anxiety. Just try to break it up. The biggest thing is like don't feed into it. If you feel like you are having an acute anxiety attack or even like a panic attack, you just have to realize that your body is yours, your mind is yours, and you are in control of it more than anyone else is. Um, So unfortunately, you can't control everything. And I think that that's a lot of where anxiety like comes from to begin with is just that lack of control and the lack of not knowing and many, many things. But just trying to do what you can at that time to ground yourself as best as you can and staying away from those triggers, um, you know, whether it's coffee, people, sometimes even alcohol. I know that some people, you know, maybe not while you're drinking it, right? Because that tends to make you a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more loose. But there have been many, many studies about the anxiety hangovers is what they're called. So you go out for a night of drinking with your friends or whatever. You wake up the next day. Like, let's say you had a lot of fun that night, but you wake up the next day and you realize, wow, I am really, really anxious, especially if you have drank heavily. Um, And that leads into a lot of different reasons. Maybe that would be a topic for another podcast just because it 
there's a lot that goes into it, but it affects, you know, certain receptors in your brain and then causing you to have that increase of anxiety at baseline for the next day. But then also there's issues of like, maybe you don't remember exactly what you did last night or what you said, or maybe you feel like you might've made a mistake or said something to someone that you wish you wouldn't have said. And now you can't take that back because you weren't thinking right because you were drinking. So, you know, there's just different, different things that can, you know, start up this anxiety, but there's things that we can do to try to make it easy, easy enough, right. To deal with it. And then of course, as always, I encourage therapy, right? There's a lot that goes into that. Do you have the means? Do you have the resources? Do you have the money? Do you, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. You can't just say, well, I'm going to pick a therapist and go today. I mean, you might, but that's going to take a lot of work. You know, we live here, not, not all of us maybe, but here in the United States where unfortunately healthcare comes at a price. We all have different insurance plans and some of them, you know, are all gung-ho about mental health and we'll give you good deals. And some of them are like, mm, no, mental health really isn't a thing. So you're going to be paying full price out of pocket for all of your therapy visits. It's different for everybody. But if you think that you might benefit from therapy, because everyone, everyone will, I don't think that you're ever going to walk away from a therapy session doing worse. You might feel like it was a waste of time in the sense that you weren't able to like solve all of your problems in one sitting. But I don't think it's ever going to negative negatively impact you to the point that you're going to walk out of a therapy session being a worse person or a worse off person. Um, so yeah, hopefully these things will help with your question about the cycle of anxiety. It's different for everyone. And if you've noticed patterns about yourself, maybe try to intervene with those patterns. Maybe say, oh, you know, drinking makes me feel really, really anxious. So I'm going to go ahead and try to tone down my drinking. You don't have to cut it out completely, but if you're going out with some friends, maybe limit yourself. Maybe you can be the DD that night if you need one. So just try to make these changes in your life. Again, simple changes, easy attainable changes, easy attainable goals, um, things that you can actually see yourself doing. And don't try to do it all at once. Like I said in the first question, you know, this is a process, right? This is a process. So trust in the process. Give yourself some time, some grace, some patience, um, and just realize that, you know, you're going to get better and every day is going to be different and you're not always going to feel the way that you're feeling in that moment. And sometimes that helps me on my days that I'm feeling really anxious is realizing, okay, I feel like this today. That does not mean I'm going to feel like this again tomorrow. So what can I do in the meantime to try to soothe myself, to try to make myself feel better? So hopefully this helps. All right. So on to question three, the last question. This one asks, is there a correlation between anxiety and regret? I think so. Yeah, I, I definitely do. And I know that I answered a question about, you know, getting rid of regret or leaving regret in the past in my last episode, episode four. I will link that in the podcast description as well if you're interested in listening. But with this question in particular, are anxiety and regret correlated? I think so, yeah. I think that if we hold on to regrets and we let them define us as a person, I definitely think that can lead to an increased anxiety, if not depression. Um, and whether these regrets are intrinsic or external, if it's something that you just keep to yourself, you're the only one that knows, or maybe there are people people around you that do know, that can make it harder as well because then you're faced with the hypothetical judgment of others as well, depending on what this regret is about. So I think coming to terms with your regrets is a really really big thing that we should focus on a big goal that we should have because regrets are part of the past and sometimes you just have to leave it in the past sometimes you can't fix things um 
So yeah, with that being said, I definitely do think that anxiety is affected by regrets or having regrets can affect your anxiety. And I did a little bit of research on this question just because just because <laughs> I felt like I might not have enough to say on my own. So I had found the Anxiety and Depression Association of America and on their website answering the question about, you know, is anxiety and regret correlated? They state, quote, recognize the physical and emotional toll regret can cause. Repeated regretful feelings can negatively affect your mental health, causing depression, diminished focus, low self-esteem, and feelings of helplessness. They can also cause lack of sleep, loss of appetite, and headaches, end quote. So again, that's from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. So right there, it does show that obviously holding on to these regrets can negatively affect you, whether it's in terms of increasing your anxiety or maybe making more depressed or getting you low self-esteem. If you spend so much time ruminating over these regrets, it's like, how do you have time to think about anything else? And if you hold on to these regrets and you feel bad about yourself, you know, I always say that you treat people the way you feel about yourself. So if you are holding on to these negative feelings, these negative regrets, these negative thoughts, unfortunately, you're probably not going to be feeling very positive about yourself. And you're probably not going to be treating people as positively as you could either. So I think it's important to try to come to terms with these regrets and try not to let them define you. If you do need to seek external help, obviously, like I said, in the last question, I encourage therapy. I think that if if possible, everyone should go. Um, I don't think it's going to do any negative harm. I think it's only going to lead to positive positive um, outlooks as long as you're willing to make the efforts and going and actually actually trying. So unfortunately, having that regretful attitude can really increase anxiety. And I know in the last question I asked, you know, how do you end the cycle of anxiety? So if you are finding that your regrets are some of your triggers, well, maybe you need to try to focus on those and try to focus on thinking about it less. I know that's easier said than done, or maybe you can just reframe the way that you think about it. So for example, let's say maybe your regret has to do with the way that you treated a friend. Maybe you said something or you did something, um, maybe, I don't know, that they really didn't appreciate. And whether you've had a conversation about that or not, maybe this is something you are just regretting on your own. Maybe you feel like you can tell that things are a little bit off. You can tell that that person is a little upset with you, or maybe you're just thinking they're upset with you. Maybe they have no idea about this regret or the way that you're feeling because people can't read your mind. Or maybe they do. And it's a regret that you guys have talked about and they've told you, hey, I really didn't appreciate the way that you spoke to me or what you said or something that you did. And you're feeling regretful about it. And you're just constantly thinking, oh, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that, or how can I take that back? Well, unfortunately, neither of those two things are going to happen. So you just have to come to terms with it, realize that you have made a mistake. We all make mistakes, and you have to learn to forgive yourself because if you can't get forgiveness from anyone else, the least you can do is get it from yourself. If that other person chooses to forgive you in the future, that's great, and hopefully you two can move on and realize again that you are adults and that people are going to make mistakes, and we need to learn to forgive each other because none of us are perfect. So maybe that's the scenario, but you can't let it destroy you from the inside out. You have to just let go of these things and realize that instead of looking at it as a regret, you learn it, look at it as a learning process. It's something you've learned, you've grown, and you're doing better now, and you're not going to make that mistake again in the future. And that's the only thing you can do about it because otherwise it'll eat you alive. And that's anxiety in a nutshell. So I definitely do think that there is a correlation between 
having regrets and anxiety in general. Obviously, the Anxiety and Depression Association agrees with that as well. So hopefully this helps answer your question. Um, and hopefully this helps you realize that having regrets and holding on to them is not doing anything positive for you. You just have to learn your, learn to try your best to let go because that's all you can do. All right, y'all. So that wraps it up. All three questions for episode five. I really hope that you all enjoyed them and thank you for listening. Of course, feel free to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, whatever you are listening. The reviews would definitely help and please share this podcast. Of course, I always encourage sending in questions as well. Like I said, I will have all of the links in the podcast description as to where you can send your questions. They can be about anything. I try to put questions together that I feel like are correlated. Like today was definitely a little bit more about like anxiety and, you know, mental health. So please send in your questions. Um, I hope that you all are doing well. Remember that I am proud of you. I love you. I think you're doing amazing. You are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and you are exactly where you are supposed to be. So as we're getting ready to go into the holidays, no matter what you are celebrating, I just hope that you remember to try your best to be in the moment, be grateful, be gracious, be patient, especially with family members. I know that being around family for extended periods of time can be rough, and some of us are missing family members and friends this holiday season. So keep that in mind as well. Um, some people are, you know, going to be having a little bit of a harder time. It's definitely stressful as is, but it might be a little bit stressful, more stressful for someone. You you really never know what people are going through. So just try to keep that in mind and remember to tune in. Hopefully next week I will put out another episode. I'm still in the process of trying to make these explicit episodes. Like I said, I think I'm going to put those on Patreon. So that'll be something that um, there will be a subscription for that. So I'll let you guys know when that is coming up. But as always, stay safe, stay warm if you are here in Ohio or any of the other states that are experiencing these Frigid temperatures and the negative with these crazy wind chills. Please stay warm. Please stay safe. And just remember to try to be the most positive, loving person you can be. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye.